So, I want to, to provide you some encouragement tonight. I need some encouragement down here for myself. Um, I want you to know that God is, God needs to understand us on a personal level. He wants to know each and every one of us. And not just know us, not just have a relationship, but to understand us. Understand our struggles, understand our hopes, our joys, our fears, all of that. And God grants us the gift to understand others. So, we're going to open our Bibles in John chapter 3 and talk about a man a leader of the Pharisees. So the Pharisees were the Jewish, religious, kind of legal scholars and leaders at that time. And Nicodemus is kind of the, the head honcho. Um, if they were all professors, he was the dean. Um, and for some reason, in the previous two chapters of John, Nicodemus sees something that Jesus is doing. He sees him perform miracles and realizes this man comes from God. That goes against everything I've ever learned in my entire life. I, I need to talk with this guy. I need to figure out what this is about. I don't want anyone to see. So he comes and speaks to Jesus in the middle of the night and kind of just says, hey, I know you come from God. Like, what does that mean? What am I supposed to do now? And Jesus, Jesus explains it to him to a way that where he's able to, to understand both Nicodemus and where he's hoping that Nicodemus is able to understand him. We're going to see how that works out. So John chapter 3. Verse 1, I'm reading out of the NIV um, edition of the Bible, and it says, um, There's a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you were doing if God were not with them. Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. How can someone be born when they're old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they're born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound. You cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. So, if I were to hear that, first of all, Jesus is speaking to you. First of all, this thing comes to his house in the middle of the night. Now, I don't know about you, but if that was me, I would probably get ready to start throwing some hands. Um, but Jesus is very calm, and he's very, very accepting to this guy coming to his house, because Jesus has probably seen Nicodemus. Um, he probably knows who this guy is, and he knows, with his influence, he's able to really, really share a message with people. And I think Jesus also understands in that moment that Nicodemus has grown up in a culture that is so different than what Jesus has been teaching for the past couple of days at this point, a couple of weeks at this point. Um, so he sees an opportunity to teach. And he explains in these first eight verses the main point of, of that topic. It's a little bit confusing, especially to Nicodemus, right? He, he knows nothing about that. He's never even heard of the concept of being born again. It becomes kind of second nature to Christians in 2021, like, oh yeah, I'm born again, yeah, I'm born again. But to think of this time, it's like, what the heck does that even mean? Um, so, Jesus is going to say a little bit more, um, and try to see if you can kind of pay attention to it where you're doing this. So, starting back in verse 9, uh, Jesus breaks it down a little bit further. Nicodemus asks, how can this be? You were Israel's teacher, said Jesus. And you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen. But silly, people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. 
How then will you believe if I see you in heaven with things? No one has ever gone to heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. So, what Jesus does here is he speaks to Nicodemus, kind of says the same thing in terms that Nicodemus will understand. And in the, in the previous um, in the previous verse, for the previous, the previous section I went through, Nicodemus is very, very confused, but he's willing to listen. He's willing to say, Jesus is willing to explain it to him further. So he knows that Nicodemus is a scholar of the Torah, the, the Old Testament, what we call it now. Um, he knows that he's a teacher. So he knows, you understand the story of Moses. You understand what he did here. And I'm going to read um, kind of what Jesus is referencing here from Numbers chapter 21, five verses four, starting in verse four. Um, and that says, and this is the story Jesus kind of explains to him. So they traveled along the route to the Red Sea to go around and they being the Israelites at the time. But the people grew impatient on the way. They spoke against God and against Moses and said, why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There's no bread, there's no water, and we detest this miserable food. Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them. They bit the people, and many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snake away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. The Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it up on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake, put it up on a pole, and when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked up at the bronze snake, they lived. I'm thankful that when we sit now, God doesn't send snakes after us for that kind of while. Jesus is using this story to, to explain who he is. Like this snake in this story, Jesus will literally be lifted up on a stick, um, and people who look towards him are given life. They have say. So when he breaks it down for Nicodemus, using terms that he would understand, speaking to his culture, um, Nicodemus is able to, to really grasp that a little bit better. Um, and, then, and then Jesus goes into um, kind of explaining the story, and he, he really makes this comparison um, because he wants to show him how he's going to be lifted um, to grant people freedom from not just the consequences of their sin, but from the causes of their sin. Yeah. Um, and Jesus really, really wants to explain that to Nicodemus. So he goes on and kind of finishes that point. Um, and he says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light, so it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. So Jesus is kind of continuing on with that point about the, about the snake, about the relationship of this. Um, so he's saying, I've been sent from God, not these snakes. I've been sent from God to, to bring eternal life to people. And right now, currently, there are so many people who are hiding in the dark because they're afraid of me, they're afraid of Jesus, they're afraid of the light. Um, so Jesus speaking to him just like this is welcoming him, 
literally welcoming him into his house, and then also welcoming him into this, into his ministry, into what it means to be a disciple of Christ at the time. Um, so Jesus um, really focuses on that. And I want to to explain kind of how he communicates here, because there's three major points in how he communicates. First thing he does in John 3, 1 through 8, first thing he does is he makes a point. Makes his point, says this is what I'm here for, this is what I'm doing. Next he breaks it down, he makes it relatable. He connects it to something that Nicodemus knows, he connects it to something that he relates to so that he can better understand that. And then third, he explains its importance. I will be lifted up and I will be able to give you life. That's important because there's so many people who are in darkness right now. People who are hiding from the truth, hiding from me, hiding from God. Um, so I think using, using this, this, this idea as a good framework for us, as we are sharing with people, um, just kind of what it, what it looks like to, to really be able to relate to people, to be able to understand that. Um, because God really wants to understand us, and Jesus wants to understand us as well. And as he understood us, we would be able to understand others. So that we can better show the gospel and the life of them. So I want to go back on um, the beginning of that last part of this read. Um, every high schooler's favorite Bible verse, John 3, 16 and 17. <laughs> For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And yes, he's talking about the sacrifice Jesus will make here, but I think he's also talking about he sent Jesus down to live as a human, to understand us. So like, I'm diabetic. If I have an issue with my blood sugars or like my glucose level or whatever, I'm not going to go see a dentist about that because they have not been trained in that. They're not going to be able to help me. I'm going to go see an endocrinologist because I know that they understand my disease. They know what's going on here. So in the same way, God sent Himself down as a human being to live a human life, to live a perfect human life, to die a horrendous human death, and then to be resurrected in not such a human way. But Jesus got to experience the humanity um, in his 33 years of living on this earth. I mean, he did that so he could relate to us. But some people in here might be thinking to ourselves, we live in 2021, it's like modern times, like, Jesus, you don't understand me. You have never been in, like, you, Jesus, you've never cried yourself to sleep at night thinking that, you know, you're not going to be enough, that the world will be better off without you. You know, Jesus, you don't come home to an emotionally or uh, physically abusive or manipulative partner and, you know, you say it because they're nice to you. Um, Jesus, you don't know what it's like to live as a human in 2021. And yeah, that's true. He didn't live in 2021. But I think, like Matt said last week, Jesus really understands the core issue of, of, our, of our problems. Jesus understands what our heart seeks, what our heart needs, how he can fill that. Um, that, that is causing us to have these, these awful thoughts, be in these awful relationships, not be able to, to stand up for ourselves, not be able to, to understand who we are made to be um, as children of God. And um, Jack, if you would mind coming up and playing a little bit. So I want to say one, one last thing. Um, we're going to read from Jeremiah. And Jeremiah chapter 5, or chapter 1, verse 5, excuse me. Um, he 
is talking to God. He gets a great message from God. And God says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And at this time, Jeremiah was just a kid. Like, he didn't have any skills. He didn't know what he was getting into. And yet, God still told him, I know you. I understand you. I set you apart, and I appointed you as a prophet. Not just to Memphis, not just to one area, but to the nations. So, if God knows Jeremiah, and Jeremiah is just a kid, you know, how much more does he know and understand us?